Welcome back for another episode of the Beyond Body podcast. I'm your host, Mia Findlay, an eating disorder survivor, advocate, and recovery coach. And this podcast is all about motivating, inspiring, and most importantly, getting real about recovery. As always, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which I am seated and recording today, the Gadigal people. I send my respect to all elders and ancestors and any First Nations people listening. Hi guys, welcome back to the channel for another video and to the podcast. You're either going to be listening to this one or watching it, maybe even both. Variety is great. The reason I'm sharing this across all my platforms is because it is such a valuable chat and I really want to make that as accessible to as many as possible when we're having discussions like this. So today I'm joined by Harry from Team for Never Lean. He is a content creator here on YouTube and over on Instagram. Harry is a trained PT. He also has a master's in psychology and what Harry is doing here on YouTube is something I have never seen before. I'm sure he's going to blow up and therefore I entrapped him before that happens. And now I have him on record talking to me before that happens. <laughs> you got to know how to do it. You got to know how to play the game. The thing which drew my attention to his content, which I think is so incredibly helpful to people is he will take the programs which are created and marketed by fitness influencers and go through it methodically and technically to unpack how valuable the program is, whether it's safe, whether or not it is actually worth your money and your time, but always through the lens of making fitness accessible to people. There is so much exclusive messaging in fitness, much like my chat with Shelley Lask, people like Harry and Shelly making movement accessible to people and breaking through the marketing and the messaging, which is really telling people that fitness and movement are all about aesthetics and six packs uh, and that you can't find an inroad to make it work for you. I think that they're doing such valuable work, but particularly as we all know around here, I take issue with people who are unqualified and potentially hurting their audience uh, by promoting and selling products which are poorly researched or poorly marketed. That's how Harry and I connected uh, was we had a similar thing to say about a similar creator, Sarah Stone, and uh, just saw such an opportunity to unpack overall how to navigate fitness spaces online, how to identify red flags, how to make sure that our relationship with movement isn't being impacted by that kind of messaging. And obviously talking about the importance of qualifications, etc. And I personally learned so much. I know that you guys will as well. So please go and show Harry some support across all of his platforms and make sure you go and watch his YouTube channel. It is not often that I will recommend people for you guys to go and watch or listen to who are kind of outside of the eating disorder recovery space because it can be a little bit of like a minefield. But Harry is empathetic, compassionate, considerate and incredibly responsible in the way that he talks about his content. So enjoy the chat with Harry. So Harry, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, obviously I've given people a little bit of background about how we've crossed paths and your platforms where you're doing such fantastic work. So can you tell us a little bit about you, what you do and your brilliant content that you're producing on YouTube and across Instagram, etc.? This is always like the the worst question, that kind of awkward introduction about yourself. You never know really, like, never really know what to say. It's like when people uh, ask you, "What's your most embarrassing memory?" and you're like, "Right now, when I can't think of anything." 
Well, literally, my life is an embarrassment. How do I choose? Um, I'm trying to think okay, about me. Hi, obviously, I'm Harry. Uh, I do I do things on the YouTube and things yes. on the line. Apparently, uh, I've got a background. I've got a master's degree in psychology, um, MSc, which probably explains like some of like the mental health shift in my content. Mm. I've been a qualified PT for nearly ten years. I think it's ten, I think it's ten years this year, and I'm also a heart rate variability analyst in like I guess my my job side side of things I volunteer for a suicide prevention charity and ultimately I think my my primary shift or well I guess my primary desire at the moment is to try and take my content creation further than the other kind of avenues of I guess career paths at this mm-hmm. stage and that, that's ultimately me I like dogs and that's probably the key there is I like dogs fantastic personal note at the end um so that's that's really interesting to see sort of the way that all of those very different interests have kind of merged into the content creation side of things. Everything's kind of lending to each other because what I love so much about your content is that unlike other fitness uh, sort of inspired content or, you know, contents uh, around fitness is that there is that mental health element to it as well. And there's a really compassionate, empathetic approach which is so different from mainstream diet culture, you know, punitive, black and white, good or bad, punishing kind of approach. Um, So what is your personal philosophy when it comes to fitness, whether it's your own journey or what inspires you to speak about fitness in the way that you do? I ultimately like, I remember years ago, I was watching Mark Lobliner speak about fitness and stuff. And I think my relationship with fitness used to be quite unhealthy at the time. Um, and I think my relationship with kind of all aspects of fitness, be that the training, the food and whatnot was really quite unhealthy um, in the sense that I'd like actively sacrifice doing things I shouldn't sacrifice to go to the gym. Mm. Um, and by that, I mean like some of the things were quite like, I don't say like drastic, but even things like uh, an old school friend of mine passed away and instead of going to his memorial I was like well, I can't miss a day at the gym so I've got to go to that yeah. so I went to the gym and I same like food when I had a girlfriend many years ago I did the same sort of things like I wouldn't go for certain meals even though I love going for those meals but the calories weren't high enough I couldn't go because I meant I had to eat more all this stuff mm-hmm. and then I remember him saying something a lot or Mark saying something like fitness is meant to enhance your life not hinder it yeah. and then it kind of resonated with me that Although I love going to the gym and I do still go to the gym, obviously like five days a week and I don't often miss sessions. It's also coming, I guess, coming in terms of the fact that if you do miss a session, it's really not that deep. Like it's mm-hmm. not the end of the world. And when I was younger, I kind of felt like it was. And I had this kind of like idea that I was going to be, I was pursuing like the next big, big thing. I wanted to be Mr. Olympia or something like that um, without understanding a lot of other considerations that I didn't account for and mm. that, that probably was never going to happen. Um, yeah. And I think that that kind of quote resonated with me. So that kind of probably shifts into what my philosophy of fitness is, because I think a lot of people don't really, I think fully understand or appreciate the importance of balance. And I think a lot of people also don't consider that having a healthy social life also comes into health and fitness Mm. i mean i I think too many people focus on fitness being physical health essentially how you look like if you're deemed to be aesthetic by the majority you are fitness you are health but there's there's a lot more to that and i think the the enhancing life 
your life versus hinder your life also comes into like the mental health side of things etc etc if you're going to the gym and you hate how you look and you go to the gym and you just hate being there because you have so much like societal pressure to be there you're not there because you want to be there so Mm. is that really making you happy is that really enhancing your life or is that actually hindering it absolutely stemming from that yeah and it's the health component too when clients of mine will say because i work as an eating disorder recovery coach so obsessive movement and compulsive movement can be a big feature of that and they'll say but mia what if i you know i don't go to the gym as much and I'm unhealthy. And it's, you know, well, if you're doing something in pursuit of, uh, you know, it makes you anxious if you don't do it. If I don't go to the gym, I'm going to be too stressed and anxious. Well, what do you think that does to the body? Stress is one of the worst things that we can put our bodies through. So if your engagement with exercise is causing you stress, it's kind of working against itself, whatever the health implications might be. Oh yeah, I completely agree. I think I think it stems into like so many aspects of life is someone like, Oh, I really like doing this, but it does. It makes me so anxious. It makes me so stressed. It's like, do you like doing that then? Like, do you actually like that? Or do you feel like you need to like that? Because you've got this like pressure from friends, family online, wherever it may be to like something. Do you actually like something? If those people didn't exist and it was purely focusing on like what you want to do, would you choose to do this for you? Yes. And a lot of times they're like, Oh, I don't know really. So well, hesitation probably answers the question. Completely. And, you know, we get so far away from what movement is essentially meant to be, which is, as you've touched on, enjoyment. And I'll get people to rank for me, what is their enjoyment level after engaging with movement? And they're like, oh, you mean, you know, how tired I am or how exhausted I feel or how proud I am of how far I went? I'm like, no, no, like enjoyment, like you do everything else that for enjoyment, whether or not you enjoyed a movie, right? It's a 10 would be this was great. I feel really connected. I feel calm. I feel like this is really reflective of my values. I feel like I've done something good for myself. My mind is quiet. Like, oh no, that's not, that's not how I think about exercise. Yeah. I think a lot of people kind of expect or have normalized exercise as almost like a punishment. Mm. Like, and there's also this like mentality. I see it more in men than anyone else is that if you go to the gym you have to go balls to the wall you have to hate yourself you can't talk you can't be on your phone you cannot socialize when you're in the gym when you're in the gym it's like you go to war Mm. it's like you're not going to war you're going to the gym it's really (laughs) not it's really not that deep um like kind of a very millennial approach yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and i think like when i go to the gym ultimately it's like i've almost got like two gyms one i deem to be like a social gym Mm. and one to be that i deem to be like almost like an anti-social gym it's a great gym and the people there are really nice, but because it's a very different environment, there's a lot less interaction. It's kind of like crack on with it, which is fantastic, especially if you're pressed for time. But mm. it's like, well, if I want to go in and have a chat, most of my friends I've made through the gym and through just talking to people. So I go into the gym, I'll have a chat, I'll piss around, I'll have a laugh. And then to the external world, people are like, no, you're not training hard enough. It's like, oh, imagine this, I'm actually having fun. I'm actually enjoying being here. But mm. when I do train and do my sets, I do what needs to be done. Yes. Absolutely. And you mentioned the word balance a few times there, which is, you know, I think a different thing in everyday land versus, you know, online fitness land. Uh, Some of these programs, et cetera, love the tagline balance. When you get into the detail, it's anything but. And some of 
some of your content is beautifully dedicated to going through methodically and looking at some of these programs uh, by influencers, many of whom don't have qualifications, don't have a PT qualification, certainly yeah. most of them without a dietetic qualification. And there's usually some nutrition advice in there. So what motivated you to start turning your attention to that particular uh, sort of line of programs and going in and analyzing their value and whether they're dangerous or you know just something people shouldn't buy i think ultimately it probably stems from like years ago i think like the kind of like initial step into that direction was like how content like that made me feel when i was younger especially when i was a teenager kind of getting into fitness i think that was kind of the time when instagram was really coming up mm. and then i was finally exposed to all these influencers that essentially became like modern day celebrities to me because i didn't watch a lot of tv but i did watch youtube and all these people were doing all these programs i was like you know what that seems like a really great idea because what mm -hmm. he said he said kind of makes sense because he said do more so i'm going to do more and then i did all these like wild workouts i remember like flex magazine had a thing like gain an inch on your arms in three weeks and it's just only train arms and eat five thousand calories yeah <laughs> um and obviously when i was a 18 year old teenager i was there like you know what that's what I need. Mm. That's the that's the workout style I need. And ultimately, you pursue these programs that you deem to have been created by people you could trust, and then you step away from it saying, "Did I gain an inch on my arms? No. Did I gain a millimeter on my arms? Also, probably not." Mm. And then you start questioning, like, "Wow, like they said I'd do that, but I haven't. So I, I must be the problem. It's not it's not the program. It's me." And I think that kind of that in terms of a lot of like social comparison ultimately contributed to a lot of like body image issues I was having mm. and I'll like, still have probably from back then and then that kind of contributed to a lot of like mental health I don't say like hindrances but definitely like limitations and then I kind of like without really meaning to shifted my content to favor well when I was training in fitness I wish I had someone to tell me this is crap essentially mm. so you know I'm, I'm going to do that, but I'm, I don't want to do it in the typical like reaction commentary way where you just roast people and you slaughter yeah. them because I don't think that achieves anything. Like, mm -hmm. sure, sometimes it can be kind of funny. Like, sometimes someone says something quite funny. I'm like, you know, what? Ah, that's quite funny. But in the major like, majority of times, I'm like, I think that's just creating a, bar a barrier to entry. And especially, like, I fully understand who I am as like a, a white man. I feel like that that can almost be sometimes perceived negatively, especially if my content is largely talking about women. And that's largely because 91% of the audience of the channel are women. Mm. So I was like, oh, why, why do you keep doing this? It's like, well, because ultimately my dominant demographic are women. So I'm going to tailor, I'm going to tailor content that benefits them. Yes. Um, so it's like, well, hopefully I can, in an ideal world, help more people. And then, yeah, so then I started looking at it. I say, well, all these influencers posting all these programs, so many of them I used to buy into myself. Are they actually good? It's not even just the programs. It's also like their content as well. And I always acknowledge and understand that if you get somebody into fitness, I, I really respect that. I think it's a huge thing to do is to get someone from doing nothing to doing something. You clearly have had an influence on their life. And I appreciate that. But when you look at, like I said, with the programs who, from people who aren't qualified, granted qualification is, is a technicality. Like the, the actual qualification process itself is not particularly difficult. And when I was doing it, I didn't really learn a lot and what i did learn i've kind of almost pushed to the bin mm. essentially because it is kind of outdated and has been debunked but i still think it's like a driver's license i don't i don't i probably don't look check my mirrors as much as i should but 
you need a driver's license to drive and yes. i just prefer people to be qualified if they're going to start selling things mm -hmm. you're going to give advice and stuff online I'm, I'm it's not the end of the world but if you're going to start selling programs and they're like just have something to back it up saying you know what i have been qualified for x amount of years again as i've seen from a lot of people doesn't necessarily mean they are promoting good information i think there's a big difference between the people who qualified 10 years ago and didn't update their information and the people who qualified recently and continue to learn which is mm -hmm. what i think a lot of people neglect to do so i think ultimately the, the the shift of content just basically came from i i felt almost like i don't say hard done by but i felt disappointed with what i experienced back in the day and i also acknowledge how it made me feel and i don't really want other people to feel that way either mm. So it's like, well, okay, well, how can I analyze this from a technical perspective? Considering that not everyone's goals are going to be the same as mine, but it's like, well, what can I do? How can I essentially look at this and hopefully teach somebody something else that they can look out for in future programs without coming across as a bit of a, a twat, essentially, mm. and doing so in a manner that almost, I think, like promotes being inclusive rather than exclusive, saying, you know, this is crap, don't speak to them, don't do this. It's like, well, you know what, this, this is okay, I appreciate this, but ultimately, if this is your goal, these are what you need to worry about, not so much the fluff stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Yeah. So that, that's probably a long-winded answer for- No, not at all. I think that it's a really, I think it's a really important approach you take, and I think it's why your content does so well, because essentially, if we're trying to educate people who are avid followers of somebody, and I've, you know, I've made response videos for some time now, and I've had to- figure this out myself that if you yeah. come at it aggressively or even you know even just being a smart ass people will immediately be put off by that because there's a reason they value this person there's a reason why they relate to them and so they're going to in some sense take that a little bit personally and you've shut them down as opposed to coming at it from a purely educational perspective or a technical perspective, you want to be able to reach those people and maybe have them hear something that might help them analyze that content themselves and giving people the chance to critically think about something that we are bombarded with constantly via social media, mainstream media, our peers, et cetera, these same old beliefs about fitness, about food, about whatever it is. And yeah. um, people are just not thinking critically. And I think you give them the opportunity to, to come at it from a, an empathetic, compassionate perspective. Yeah. I think, I think the, what I failed to do in the past, which is why I kind of like, which is what I actively say in videos. I'm not particularly proud of my older videos mm. is that I tried to force myself to be someone I wasn't because at the time I was like, you know what? because after i went solo the the kind of whole channel basically went down the pan uh it went from like a pretty steady decline for two years whilst kind of i think refinding myself mm. and i was almost trying to be unnecessarily negative to cause a reaction because i thought that's what people wanted to see and i even had people say to me like oh you need to be more negative in your videos you're too positive i was like okay i'm gonna be more negative mm. but even when i tried to be negative i couldn't be that negative and then so I was like, you know, I can't bother this. I, I did like a video on like Daisy Keach about a year ago nearly. And I was like, I can't bother with a negative approach. I'm just going to speak how I want to speak. And if you don't like it, then I don't care. Mm. And it did really well. And then, then it started to pick you up. Like, you know what? I think, I think it kind of hit me is that ultimately when a lot of women maybe see a, a man speak about other women, they might have their guard up initially. Completely understandable. Like, I think I would too. So then it's like, well, I'm not helping the situation if I just promote negativity and not necessarily hatred but like mass resistance so i was like you know what, let's just 
speak in a very inclusive manner let's speak in a positive manner that doesn't make anyone feel like they're doing anything wrong necessarily but hopefully teaches them and because that's the way I wanted to speak essentially and let's just see how it goes Mm. and then suddenly like I said people are picking up and saying I really like how you approach this a lot of people like influencers I won't name uh, are really aggressive with this they aren't very understanding of like gender differences and things like that so I appreciate how you tackle this. It's like, well, ultimately, I'm not trying to isolate or target anyone in like a negative fashion. I'm just trying to, although I'm speaking about this person, that doesn't mean that other genders can't benefit from what I'm saying. So it's about kind of bringing everyone together and that inclusivity of it. Yeah, especially when we're dealing with an area like fitness or, you know, influencer culture, et cetera, it's got a very exclusive air to it. It's got to be, you know, they are on the pedestal. They are the product. They are marketing, not just their appearance, but their lives. And so it's all got to be glossy. So there's got to be a bit of like me and you, poor plebs, please buy my program. So you have a chance to get closer to this. (laughs) Whereas the opposite, you know, should be inclusive and should be something which is sort of breaking through that exclusivity. Fitness and movement are available to everyone. They don't have to be about your identity. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think a lot of people also, I think the sad reality is a lot of content creators will also market things in a manner that suggests that that's how they achieve what they've achieved, when mm. in reality, it's, it's not necessarily true. Mm. So obviously, there are considerations like genetic factors as well. So everyone's got like a genetic makeup, like a genetic shape. And you, you can't change your genetic structure and your shape. What you can do is build on what you have, enhance mm. it, kind of play around with it, whatever it may be. But I think a lot of creators do kind of promise, so, well, I look like this because I do this, or very much imply that without directly saying it. And then their audience are very much disheartened and almost like put off fitness to some extent when they realize that they're doing the exact same thing. Why don't they look like this influencer? Mm. I've had a few people message me saying, I do this person's workouts, but I don't look like them. Like, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. The fact that you not think related to them. You, yeah, exactly. Like it's the fact <laughs> you think something's wrong with you. That yeah. that's something that needs to be addressed because there's yeah. nothing wrong with you. It's just ultimately you just have a different deck of cards. Do you know what I mean? It's neither right or wrong. It's just different. Mm. And I think yeah, that can be a bit of a, a slippery slope, unfortunately. But I think that, you know, you saying that a light bulb just went off in my head because I thought, you know, that's the kind of training that we need to equip fitness professionals with because when you just said you know i would hear somebody say why don't i look like this uh influencer when i work out the way they do and being able to pick up on the red flag of what's your motivation can we sit and talk about that for a minute rather than actually trying to appease the body image concern with more movement it would be well let's sit down and do a check-in of your thinking and and how you're approaching movement yeah well it's essentially it's like why like tell me your why just justify it not in like a negative perspective but it's like i'm curious i think that's why i feel like a lot of fitness professionals or maybe the personal training qualification in general should probably delve slightly into health just beyond a physical approach and by that Mm. i mean maybe like a psychological approach so understanding people better not necessarily you need a degree in psychology it's like absolutely not so well maybe you should just be taught how to understand that it's not all about like the goal. Sometimes you have to understand why a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't care why they do it. I'm just going to let I'm going to help them get to where they want to be. It's like, Mm -hmm. cool. That's fantastic. If that's your approach, fine. But I still want to understand why I want, I want to learn about the person. I want to kind of build a relationship with them. If they say, I want to look like this because of this, it's like, okay, can we 
shift our focus as well as obviously considering what your training goals are but can we also talk about like i said why like why do you want to do that Mm. and kind of i think delve into the 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 route that maybe does touch on body image hindrances whatever it may be that i think a lot of people maybe don't feel comfortable talking about because they're probably not qualified to talk about it Mm. yeah and at least being able to equip them with enough knowledge to intervene and say well actually the issue that you're raising you're not going to get the fix here. We might need to refer you elsewhere. I think sadly, when it comes to like the PT side of things, I think not everyone, but I think a lot of personal trainers, I I think the caliber of personal trainer isn't very high because the qualification isn't particularly hard. It's Mm -hmm. like when you go driving on the road, how many bad drivers do you go past? And you're like, how how do you have a license? The same sort of thing applies. Again, not to everyone. There are just more than I would like, unfortunately. I think they see a client as just an income. So they're like, I don't really care why. I just, mm. We're going to do it. We're going to help you get there. But I'm going to keep you there for as long as you can without any real consideration for your mental health. Mm. Because ultimately, it's like, well, I'm getting X amount of pounds per hour for this. It's not my business to find out what's going on or to, to almost like help you beyond the physical health side of things. It's like, well, that kind of goes into like human morals a bit. It's like, well, is that really moral of you? Is that ethical of you to do that? Yeah. But arguably in the PT world, they say, yeah, it is because stay in your lane. So, well, it's one thing staying in your lane, but it's also another thing, I think, directly ignoring things that need to be considered and potentially accidentally or unintentionally hindering someone further by almost like feeding them down that, that path. Yeah, I had a client once, um, you, uh, memory just floated to the surface. I had a client once who had a trainer who told her to stop telling me how much they were working out together. <laughs> uh, that was the end of that personal trainer. Uh, it became more of like a it's me or him kind of situation because <laughs> they were in That active. almost sounds like from their insecurity or the trainer's insecurities rather than anything. Yeah. They're worried that you're probably going to tell them, the client, something that is probably true and something that they need to hear, but something mm. that may negatively impact that personal trainer's business with that client. Yes. Yes, exactly. so that's uh, yeah, I think ultimately if a personal trainer ever tries to control you to that extent, that's just a, a red flag, you're in the bin. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, it's so important to specify that, you know, even though we would prefer people have qualifications, it's not just the quality of the qualification, it's the quality of the individual, right? It's Absolutely. like you can go to a reputable doctor or a really, you know, dodgy doctor operating out of a van, uh, same qualifications, different delivery of service. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, just because you have a qualification doesn't suddenly mean you are superior in that sense. Mm. It doesn't mean that you know a lot. For example, like we said with doctors, I've been to doctors. I'm like, are you sure about that? Been to other doctors, they're like, no, 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 please don't do this. Mm. And it's, I'm not. I'm not doubting their intelligence. I'm just stating that maybe the quality of services doesn't align with what I needed. Yeah. Totally. Just sort of linking that back to some of these programs that you provide an analysis for, et cetera. Um, and the ones that are maybe on the dangerous might be too strong a word, but ones that you wouldn't recommend. Uh, yeah. And the whole culture of influencers sort of pumping out these programs, et cetera. You have a very vocal community you have a very active comment section especially on those sorts of videos what kind of feedback do you hear about the impact of programs like that or the marketing and the messaging that we were just talking about like work out like me you'll look like me eat like me you'll look like me what's the overall 
impact of that kind of messaging and content? I think like the sad reality is, is that although a lot of people may deem it just be, oh, it's just a program, I think it goes much deeper than that. I mm. think the amount of comments and like personal messages I receive on Instagram that basically go into this contributed to the development of my eating disorder, this contributed to the development of my gym anxiety or depression, this contributed to my body dysmorphia, body image issues I'm having. Mm. I think that comments like that are far more common than you might think. And again, it's not with every creator. And I fully understand that I'm not blaming the creator themselves. I'm saying that it could be a contributing factor, certainly. Um, But yeah, but again, it's like, I know you said, obviously, dangerous is a strong word, but is it too strong a word? Because I think yeah. sometimes they can be quite dangerous. Mm. And again, I, I'm sure, like, obviously, people benefit out. I'm sure it's not intentional. I would hope it's not intentional. But I think this is maybe the lack of due diligence where people don't understand the impact of what they're doing. Mm. And that's the thing that almost upsets me the most is that they've seen, like, you know what? I can make some money from this. I've got an audience of a million. Let's push out this program for X amounts of dollars, whatever it may be. And let's like it's a it's a it's a tolerable program. Do you know I mean it gets you moving? So that's probably about the extent of its advantages. So okay, well let's just fling it off in the market. Half of the programs probably haven't even been been designed by the creator in question. Some mm. of them have been designed by a member of staff because I know that was a big scandal with a few uh, content creators and some of which I I know of personally who basically employ people to do all the stuff. And sometimes the people aren't even qualified. Mm. It's like, well, let's just push it into the market and see what happens. It's like, well, sure, that gives you a bit of money, but do you not see what's happening to other people? And I think it's when people just kind of isolate themselves from the the feedback, like creators that a creator we've shared mutual obviously yes. interest in, <laughs> like uh, recently comments. Yeah, very recently. Yes, um, blocking comments and stopping comments. It's like, well, you know, you're doing something wrong just rectify it Mm. so i think yeah i think the the negative impact is far deeper than a lot of people realize and that's when it's almost like sometimes frustrating because i do get people comment or message me saying you're a white man you have no business to comment on this this person's helping so many people and i appreciate that she probably is helping a lot of people and i respect that but it's like do you not read the comment section of the video like where i've got 13 year old girls telling me how they went through mass eating disorder because of this and this triggered it four years later they're still really struggling mm. and it's like well th- those are just the comments i can see god forbid someone something took someone further than i think uh well i guess further than anyone would ever like and anyone would ever ex- expect mm. to the point of maybe inflicting harm on themselves whatever that may be it's like well they can't comment anymore you don't know what this has done I'm not actually saying, by the way, these influencers contributing to people taking their own lives or whatever, but there's, I'm sure there are some people out there who have been negatively impacted to that, negatively impacted to that extent. Obviously, no one ever wants anyone to suffer. No one ever wants anyone to experience an eating disorder, depression, or anxiety, whatever it may be. But it's almost like sometimes when creators push out this content, you kind of question, it's like, do you care? I'm yeah. not sure saying you, you want them to, but do you actually care if they do? Mm. And like, yeah. that's like I, I read it it makes me sad like, i've teared up a few times reading comments because some of these just horrendous i've got a, a discord where i speak to a lot of other people from tfnl and a lot of times in the mod channel like especially after like certain videos of certain creators went live the comment section was horrendous not in, like a negative way it was very active and again i love and appreciate the fact that people are so supportive and active in the tfnl community mm. but some of the comments were awful about the development of eating disorders 
and things along those lines and maybe even uh, other hindrances and we were just kind of like putting them in there because obviously we'd read them and wanted to share them and you never really understand like the extent of the damage or the impact until you start seeing it happening mm. but I, I commented from perspective not knowing that all this was occurring but as soon as people start opening up and showing that vulnerability and like having the bravery to share with me which obviously I appreciate you then you then it kind of hits home like like oh wow this is much deeper than I thought it was mm-hmm. which is almost kind of like it almost reminds me because obviously when you do get negative comments like you're not helping anyone you're a bit like maybe they're right maybe I'm not yeah then you read things like this and you're like you know this obviously shows that something needs to be done and someone else isn't doing it so it's like well whether you think I'm helping someone or not I like to feel I am and if this 13 year old woman is telling me that she hasn't has developed an eating disorder because of following this program and this kind of like diet approach that another content creators push forward well I feel like I have a right and it's almost have have a duty to debunk that because the last thing I want is for another person to go down that route. Mm, Completely. And I think that, you know, when you get those really vociferous defenders of these uh, influences, it kind of uncovers why it's so dangerous because it's like a cult of personality. They can't separate the business structure from the individual. Absolutely. I think it's hard because ultimately like, there are always, always financial considerations you have to take into account, which I get, but I think a lot of people when money gets involved lo- kind of maybe lose their way sometimes. Mm. And when they blow up to that extent where they become like mass content creators, you're a bit like, do, do you not care anymore? Like, mm. where's the care gone? Because I'm sure some of them probably cared a lot more when they were coming up into the industry when they kind of, I think, were less consumed by success. And there's always a fear with anyone is when they start blowing up, it's like, are you going to continue being who you are now or are you going to turn into a lot of the person that a lot of the other creators may turn into and that's always going to be a concern I think Mm. yeah but um but don't feel too bad about the comments saying you know you're a white man what what's your what right do you have because women get you're tearing another woman down you're meant to be a feminist like (laughs) it's it's like you can't win you can't sometimes sometimes some of the comments are actually quite funny like i guess mm. i'm like i've had some horrendous dms before but mm. sometimes there's like so if, like i sometimes reply to them be like you know what that was actually quite a good roast i'd yeah. shake your hand that was quite funny i respect mm. that and they're like yeah i don't care i'm like you know what that's okay because yeah. i thought that was funny so I, <laughs> I appreciate you for messaging me yeah. or sometimes they're like oh, okay i didn't actually expect you to see this i feel really bad yeah i'm like well why would you why would you message me if you didn't expect me to see it i check on Come my in. dms like like i'm not i'm not that popular like despite yeah. what my pet my mum tells me i'm not that popular i promise <laughs> i mean like if i get a dm i'm there like what's going on who who's doing what yeah yeah i remember once i got um because the really out and out trolling ones are often hilarious because they're just so horrendously put together and so vicious. I got one that was, and it wasn't even talking to me. It was about me. Does Mia, is it just me or does Mia have a fake eye? One of them just looks really fake and I couldn't help myself. And I wrote back, they're both fake. And I like dined out on that in my own head for hours because it was, I was so grateful for the laugh. Um, Yeah, but give it a week and suddenly you're on Reddit exposed. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so given, you know, we've sort of covered the impacts of that kind of content and just how common it is, um, you know, someone could really enjoy following an individual who, you know, puts out this kind of advice and content, etc. 
And, you know, depending on how they interpret it, it can be harmless or harmful. So how should people be navigating the online fitness space in terms of following unqualified individuals, big platforms, putting out this kind of advice? What would you tell somebody about how to kind of move through that space in a way that's not going to have a negative impact? I think that a, few, a couple of things to like focus on in there is if you're consuming content that you can feel, you feel like is actively hindering you or harming you, but you feel like you need to consume it to get better, then that's probably a problem. Mm. Like if you're consuming someone's workouts or their programming, wherever it may be, and you feel crap about yourself because you feel like you're not enough or that you're the problem, that's, that's probably a first red flag. It's like spend more time consuming content that makes you feel like better about you and that you are good enough and reassures you that that you're doing something which is fantastic rather than saying do more by this i think another thing is going to come into like the realm of like science ultimately like i think having scientific backing in science just in general speaks volumes but then flip around it's like if it sounds too good to be true it probably is Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i i found really hard to grasp with i saw these like loads of people content creators myself and i'm like you know what this sounds unbelievable a magic supplement to make me shredded wow i believe it mm. i spent all my money i used to work in the supermarket when i was a teenager i spent my whole paycheck every month on supplements every month and mm. i was like why am i not arnie what's wrong with me mm. it's like things like that it's like well do you mean if it sounds like a bit of a pipe dream it probably is and that, that's a problem i think just because I think people need to understand that just because they're an influencer or creator has been around for years, has achieved, or their clients, whoever maybe have achieved great results, doesn't necessarily mean that what they're preaching is like top tier information. Because ultimately, in theory, nearly anything will work to some extent, provided you do it with sufficient intensity. I yes. give you the best program in the world, but if you do it half-assed, you're not really going to see much. I give you a pretty crappy program with excessive volume, poor exercise selection, whatever it may be. But if you do it to the provided intent or the desired intensity then you're probably going to see something especially if you're coming from a very inactive background so i think it's it's far it goes far beyond just looking at like testimonials and kind of results but also just just the quality of their what they're preaching Mm. and ask them if they can't justify what they're saying and why they're saying it it's like well do they have a reason to be saying it Mm. so i think my, my, my big focal points are just consuming content that makes you feel better rather than worse by yourself and consuming content that doesn't tell you what you need to hear but more oh doesn't tell me what you what you want to hear but more what you need to hear mm. which kind of stems away from if it sounds too good to be true it probably is yeah 100 percent uh yeah i think that particularly with um you know when you have enough people engaging with even a poor quality program you're going to be able to get some good aftershots out of that to market and your you're next only going to choose the good ones and <laughs> yes. you only going to choose the good ones i'm not gonna, like someone's going to send you a testimonial that says you know what? i did this workout from this person felt all for my body image went down the pan mm. i've actually developed an eating disorder since i feel like this may have contributed although i can't say for sure they're gonna be like that's really fantastic okay put that in the bin yeah okay, let's not do that like <laughs> over there oh yeah. but this person said they lost three pounds let's let's times that by three nine pounds mm. well, fantastic but put that online yeah and it reinvigorated yeah, it- my relationship and you know it brought me ten thousand followers and i'm now closer to the lifestyle that's being marketed here 
<laughs> or do the old classic like hi mum quick question can i just borrow you for five minutes yes. of time can you just do me a favor can yeah you just write something along these lines like jazz it up a bit and just like send it forward yeah, yeah. Can you, oh thanks mum you're the best yeah and a photo like with your hair covering your face so nobody can oh, fantastic. <laughs> check if it's a relative yeah, <laughs> yeah literally and say like yeah can we do that oh you don't feel right oh go on just do it for me go on it's my birthday go on why yeah not, why not? yeah <laughs> I, think, I think yeah I, i've i've heard of a few creators that do some actually do similar things to that unfortunately mm-hmm. um not just women but a lot of actually more of the creative i do that i think mainly because of the industry i'm more associated with like in terms of like a personal consumption perspective like bodybuilding mm-hmm. most of the creators that i've seen do that are, are men where they like I said earlier they'll they'll pay their staff to write the programs and they'll be like yeah i'm taking on a hundred clients so you're taking on a hundred clients how do you have the time yeah. like, do you mean like i program a couple of my friends for just for free because i want to help them and I'm like, this this takes time. Mm. Like, How do you have a hundred people? Like, um, either you've got some unreal time management skills, or something else is occurring behind the yeah. scenes. Quality of service can't be too high. Um, so. Yeah. Harry, thank you so much for your time with us today. I think that that has been such a productive chat for people to, you know, build on their critical analysis lenses, uh, which is so much of what I think people need to start to develop in this area, particularly because like I said, we're kind of breathing in these toxic fitness and diet fumes all the time, not questioning. And for anybody who has any level of interest in this, whether you've, you know, explored a fitness program that you want to look at uh, purchasing, or you just have a general interest in movement to absolutely go and follow Harry uh, and his phenomenal videos, etc. Where can people come and find you? Well, firstly, thank you very much for having me. And thank you very much for the kind words. I do appreciate that a lot. Um, also, uh, I think the, the best place is to find me or my preferred place, is obviously YouTube being my, mm-hmm. my channel, which is team for never lean TFNL or on Instagram, which is at Harry underscore TFNL. Those are like my, my primary platforms. Lovely. Yeah. I haven't ventured into TikTok. I think it's a generational barrier. I just can't do it. <laughs> I, I tried, but then I also feel like, I, I feel like I'm not good looking enough to be a TikTok dude. And I also, I'm not dancing. I'm no. Not, I'm not dancing. And we'll never, I will no, never, never like... ever outside of like five wines in at a wedding dragged onto a dance floor. There is no other context in which that happens in my life. No chance. I, I no. went to a club years ago and my friend was like, let's go dance. I said, you know what, let's go home. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not doing this. It's not for me. I don't want to embarrass myself more than I already do. It's not worth it. My mom's already disappointed. <laughs> let's not add things to her list. Uh, exactly. So Harry, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And I'm sure that we'll uh, hopefully get the chance to ask you back to unpack some more, uh, some more important diet, fitness, disappointing things on the internet i would love that i would love that indeed 